Welcome back, everyone, to this week's Torah for the Earth audio essay. I'm your host, Charlie Forbes, and this week I'll be addressing Parashat Vayikra, which is Hebrew for, and he called. To be more specific, I should say, and God called, as God is the one who is summoning Moshe to give him the instructions which typify the nature of this third book of the Torah, the book of Leviticus. The only other place in the Torah where God calls, rather than speaks to Moshe, is from atop Mount Sinai. And now that the tabernacle is complete, the Mishkan is to symbolically replace Sinai as the source from which divine messages come. In this way, Vayikra, and he called, is a keynote phrase that functions like a musical chord. It reflects the perception that God's created world is fundamentally harmonious, good, and orderly. This is an excerpt from the Torah, a women's commentary, which contextualizes Leviticus quite nicely, and I'll continue the quote. To preserve God's orderly world, where everything has an assigned place, Leviticus specifies what must be done whenever boundaries are wrongfully crossed, be they boundaries of the body, time or space, such as between sacred and non-sacred, or between life and death. In this book's worldview, anyone who breaks God's ordained harmony can and must repair it." End quote. Parashat Vayikra is the opening note to a long musical score that might sound a bit strange. The contents of this first portion deal with animal sacrifice, the offerings that were made in the sanctuary, and the procedures connected to them. These can be challenging and potentially even disturbing topics for the modern reader. But the goal of this Torah for the Earth audio series is to address the double significance of every instruction. A past historical reality has implications for our contemporary spiritual life and for the ways of living that bring harmony to the ecology of the earth. There is no Mishkan, and its transfiguration into the first and second temples is a phenomenon that has also come and gone. So we must ask, what does sacrifice mean to us? How does it have an immediate bearing on our present existence and on the path that can lead us towards a greater environmentalism? The Hebrew word used in this parasha for sacrifice is korban, and its root, kuf, resh, bet, that forms the word, means to come near. The implication here is that the root of a sacrifice carries with it an approach to the divine. For this reason, korban can also be translated as near offering. There are five main categories of near offerings discussed in this parasha. First is the elevation offering, or burnt offering, in Hebrew, olah, given atop the altar. Second is the meal offering, in Hebrew, mincha, that's prepared by mixing flour, olive oil, and frankincense, of which there are five varieties discussed. Third is the peace offering, in Hebrew, shalamim, that is brought as a tribute to express love for God. Fourth, the sin offering, or in Hebrew, chatat, that is required to atone for sins that are done inadvertently, like an error. 
And fifth, the guilt offering in Hebrew, asham, which is brought by someone who either misused property of the sanctuary, is in doubt about their violation, or by someone who attempts to defraud a fellow Jew by lying. As one reads through the different categories of sacrifices and their various divisions, the text can feel a bit mechanical. The offerings are listed and the details for their enactment are given. But the why behind the sacrifices don't seem to be immediately evident. In other words, why bring sacrifices at all? There are a few things I'll say with respect to this question. First, if you remember back to Parashat Tetzaveh from Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, we read a line regarding the construction of the tabernacle that proceeds as such. They shall make a sanctuary for me, so that I may dwell among them. A teaching from the Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that this verse does not end as one would expect, which would be, so I can dwell among it, it being the tabernacle. Instead, we read, so that I may dwell among them, which is to be interpreted as within each and every Jew. In this way, the act of sacrifice carried out by the priests can pertain to our own personal path of religious experience and the actions we take to maintain the sanctity of our own sanctuary, the sanctuary of the self. Next, in the opening line of the parashah, the translation reads, When a man among you brings an offering to Hashem. But the Hebrew word used here is Adam, not Ish, which is what we would expect as the Hebrew word for man is Ish. While Adam, or Adam, is the name given to the first man, it can also be used to refer to a human being. The implication here is that commentators have used this detail to indicate that the laws of sacrifice pertain to men, women, and all people. Lastly, while the verse begins by speaking of an offering to Hashem, it concludes with the phrase, Your offering which has been interpreted as meaning that the offering must come from yourself or be of yourself. If we synthesize these points, first, that there is a sanctuary within every Jew, second, that the laws of sacrifice pertain to all people, and third, that the essence of the offering must stem from ourselves, then we can conclude that when we wish to draw near to God, we must offer something of ourselves, something that stems from our essential humanity and from the essence behind our humanness. If we understand these three points, then we can relate the entire nature of sacrifice to our own environmentalism. There's a real connection between our present activities and the inward forms of sacrifice that occur within ourselves, and the outward forms of sacrifice that were a past historical reality performed by the Kohanim in the Mishkan. This then begs the question, what are we offering of ourselves, and how does it relate to environmentalism? If you look in the Sefer Torah at the opening word of the parasha, Vayikra, you will notice that the word is spelled Vet, Yud, Kuf, Resh, Aleph, and the Aleph, the last letter, is smaller than the other letters. 
the Torah is written with three different sized letters, small, medium, and large. And most of the Torah is written with the medium sized letters. But this is an instance where we see a small letter. And commentators note that the smallness is meant to give prominence to the letter, as if it were a separate word. The small Aleph is said to represent Moshe's humility and is connected to the significance of the word Aleph, which means to teach, thus implying that one should learn to always be small and humble. While this is a well-known point, the Lubavitcher Rebbe gives a Sicha explaining that we can contrast this small Aleph found in Vayikra with the large Aleph with which the name Adam is written in the book of Chronicles. The Rebbe explains that this exemplifies the awareness Adam had of his own greatness, which eventually led to his sin with the tree of knowledge. While large letters do not always have negative connotations, in fact there are aspects of the large letters that make them superior over the other sizes, and the same logic applies for small letters by the way, which can represent the confines of the material world and the limits of God's presence, but the Rebbe contrasts the small Aleph of Vayikra with the large Aleph of Adam to teach us that we must always maintain a balance between our good qualities and a proper sense of humility. In terms of our environmentalism and the nature of sacrifice, the small Aleph of Vayikra is teaching us that we need to sacrifice our pride. What led to Adam's downfall is that he recognized his singular uniqueness. We too must embrace a humility rather than a superiority over other people and over other creatures if we are to change the way we interact with the natural world. Sacrificing our pride is relevant to an environmental consciousness because there are many instances when our pride can lead us to engage with careless and destructive behavior. When we are too preoccupied with our own uniqueness, pride can sometimes blind us from seeing the impacts of our own behavior and the degree to which we are affecting other creatures. The very message of Vayikra and the significance of God's calling is that sacrifice must occur if we are to maintain balance in this world and draw nearer to God. Sacrifice of pride in the interest of maintaining a productive sense of humility can be a quality that relates to our stewardship of the earth. Sacrifice is about the sanctification of creation because it's essential for maintaining the balance and harmony of the material world. There is no doubting that if things are going to change, we all must learn to make sacrifices. And in keeping with the theme of this week's parashah, Maybe this means changing your habits to alter where you're sourcing your meat, or how you're sourcing your meat. Maybe this means eating much less, or even avoiding it altogether. Whatever that may be, or whatever form that sacrifice may come in, the various offerings discussed in this week's Parashat Vayikra all have a relevance for the transgressions we have committed against the earth, knowingly or unknowingly. Sacrifice is about redirecting our intentions and seeing physical change as a spiritual act that brings us closer to God. The message of Parashat Vayikra 
is about embracing humility as a guiding principle and viewing sacrifice as a moral act, an offering that serves all of creation. Thank you for listening. That's all for now, and I'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.